Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. We're spoiling you again, ladies and gentlemen. We're here midweek for another edition, a special edition of the RGM podcast. With me, Carl Maloney. How are you doing? You all right? If you're new to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and you might be, who knows? Um, it, it, this podcast likes to delve into grassroots music and share stories with interesting people that we come across. Um, we also delve into what's going on at RGM Magazine and all the things that are going on there too. So this podcast is all about conversations, speaking to people in the music industry on the way up uh, and beyond. Um, so you'll be, it's no surprise for you today that we've got a musician on his hands, ladies and gentlemen. Sam BK is on the show today. From my neck of the woods. Um, so that's coming up now, ladies and gentlemen. So, as always, this is a midweek edition of the podcast. You can delve into the archives. You can watch this video on YouTube as well if you want to see our little faces. Everything's going to be available to you there. So let's get cracking. Let's have a conversation. Here we go. Sam BK. Hello. Hi, mate. How are you doing, Paul? You all right? Yes, good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, fine, thanks. Thanks for joining us today, mate. So you're from my neck of the woods, I believe. Sheffield. I'm from Sheffield. Originally. Yeah, well, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm based in Sheffield, technically. I mean, I've got family from Sheffield. I was okay. born in Chesterfield. Oh, Derbyshire, so spent... <laughs> So, yeah, my uh, misspent youth was in Chesterfield, <laughs> and then I... Uh, for, for all my 20s, I've lived in Sheffield, so... Yeah. Well, it's kind of these little satellite towns around major cities. People still um, say they're from Sheffield, don't they, sometimes? It's it's a funny one, because a lot of, I've spent a lot of time living in Dromfield as well. Yeah. And it's literally that close to Sheffield that it's, I just consider myself to be in Yorkshire, not Derbyshire. Yeah. If that sort of makes sense, because it's... We're closer to Sheffield than Derby. It's literally two minutes down the road. So yeah, no, I, I like it, and I, and I like the vibe about Sheffield uh, and Chesterfield. I like, I, I, I know a lot of people from both places, and yeah. there seems to be a bit of a um, a vibe about music coming from Chesterfield. Yeah, it's a camaraderie, definitely. Yeah, no, it's great, great, and we all like to take the piss out of each other and all, and uh, all exactly. that kind of stuff. It's, it's what bit, it's all about. <laughs> Brilliant. So, so Sam BK, um, you know, uh, we're going to be covering the new tunes that you've got out. Yes. Out tomorrow. This it's the twenty seventh today. So you're all you, you, you've got a big release coming out tomorrow that we'll come to, um, and we'll have a good chat about. But I just want to get to know you a little bit more, if that's all right. Were you sure. called before? So, who is Sam BK? If you if you're brand new to you, talk us through you. Who are you? Sure, mate. Yes. Well. Uh... Well, it's been a long old journey to get to this point, basically. Mm. I, uh, I've been playing guitar since I was 12, you know, and um, did loads of bands when I was a teenager, loads of school rock shows. There's loads of interesting stories. You know, I went over to Germany. We did a Rock, and, rock Against Racism gig uh, with one of my bands when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, that was amazing. Then um, following on for that with my music, I, uh, I went to New York and taught guitar for a bit. Um, putting kids in bands and stuff. And then following on from that, I did sort of music industry um, at university in Southampton. 
then came back to sort of Sheffield and tried to get a band together after many years of the stars not aligning, uh, not finding. Because I was always, I was always a guitarist. Yeah. I should probably make that clear. I was never a singer. I could couldn't sing for Toffee. Yeah. And after years and years, I just got. I was so fed up, like waiting on other people. I was like, you know what? COVID happened, yeah. and I was like, I'm, I'm, my voice does get better every year. So over COVID, I had a load of singing lessons. Um, and here we are. In the last sort of year, I just started doing the open mics in Sheffield. Mm. And one thing's led to another, and it's just been building and building and building and building. Now we've got a full band, and there's recordings coming out, and it's all just, you know, yeah. the trajectory's been fantastic. So it's been a long, old journey. Yeah. Uh, I've spent lots of years in um, different projects and stuff in Sheffield, but... Uh, fingers crossed this is the one. Yeah, well... <laughs> but at the same time, what I want to say is, I just, I'm, I'd like to say I'm doing it now just because I enjoy it. I think before, when you're younger, you know, you yeah. want to be in a band and, like, that's all you want to do. But I, I think at one point I kind of lost sight of it and I wasn't enjoying it anymore and I was doing it because I had to. Yeah. Whereas now, it's just about enjoying it and... Um, yeah, making the most of it. Yeah, so so you covered a lot there. Let's delve into some of that. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. So, so no, it's fine. So let's rewind a little bit. So, um, what what was the Germany thing then? Just talk us through that whole uh, thing. We had an amazing sort of. It's really strange. So my school, uh, my secondary school, mm. we were a sports college, but we had so many bands in the school. It was like we'd watch like these year 11s put on gigs and then they passed the torch to us and then we passed the torch and it was like a generational thing mm. and the school had to get, get buy us amps and like guitars and everything because there was just this massive sort of yearning for it and like we put on these these rock battle the bands things like yeah. once a year like everybody came packed out the school hall mm. um and because of that we got in we got a lot of gigs when I was sort of like 15, 16 with the local community centre. Mm. They um, knew someone in Germany who did like a rock against racism kind of thing. Mm. And we ended up going to this this summer camp in Germany. We stayed for, I think, maybe one or two weeks. And we played a bunch of different gigs over there there was loads of kids in german bands and stuff like that as well nice. and it was this multicultural just like you know festival um it was just amazing like for you know lads of like 15 16 to go over with all the mates and stuff in bands meet other bands abroad uh, and do all that so it was a great community sort of thing really um and it's you know one of those that i just um always look back on with fond memories it was a great opportunity this is a bit of a reflection on me but Th- those type of environments you can get yourself into a bit of trouble can't you because i i can remember being 14 15 and being a lively lad you know just up, up for a, a bit of fun and that uh be it being well, away being be away fun. in a different country were, were any any like fun <laughs> stories that came out of that yeah um yeah i mean i'm trying to think what i can and can't say what we got up to you can, but you can say what you want quite... <laughs> yeah it was there was a you know you know it was boys were out on a, on a holiday together and um bit of booze a bit yeah, but Germans were loving it, mate. Yeah, the Germans were about it. The teenage yeah. Germans, they can drink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they can drink. Well, um, Ch- Chesterfielders can and all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, we threw a few parties while we were there. Nice. Yeah, it was uh, it was a 
multicultural uh, wolf fest. <laughs> okay. No, not uh, not one little story you could tell us. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> When I was younger, I probably watched um, National Lampoon's Animal House a bit too young. Right, okay. <laughs> Been one of my favourite movies. Yeah. And we decided that, you know, we were just going to throw a massive toga party on the last night. So everybody got their bed sheets and the whole camp, to, like, this is like all the Germans got involved. There's, mm. uh, you know, it's making me want to get the photos out. Yeah. And everyone's drinking and it's like the staff didn't know what to do. <laughs> Yeah. It was just like, oh, I just like to be there having fun. And uh, there, 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 there was a few other things, um, like road trips and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it was all fun and games. It wasn't anything like, yeah. you know, ridiculous or you anything like that. It was like, just too out, You didn't go out and nick a pig or like that and sneak it into <laughs> the that, That's the kind of thing I was looking for there, mate. That, but that, again, again, that's more of a reflection on me. Uh, just for the record, I've never gone out and nicked a pig to be honest. <laughs> and I don't know where that come from. I think that's in a film, isn't it? Is that in a film? Well, in, in Animal House, they steal a horse. Oh, is it a horse? Right, okay, got you, right. Yeah, yeah, right. they leave it in the dean's office. and <laughs> That's it, I just got the wrong animal. Right, okay, fair enough. So none of that, uh, none of that nicking animals? No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's, it's drug, I've only, this is the first time I've thought of it. <laughs> Okay. In 15 years now. Right, okay. <laughs> so, well, that's the beauty of this podcast. We like to delve into people's trauma and bring it out. And share yeah, it with exactly. That was that. a bit of a psychology episode. <laughs> I've not thought about that for over a decade. Do you feel better for it? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to give a bad name to youth projects that go abroad. <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. So you, so, so you mentioned the Germany thing. That must have been an amazing... Uh, experience oh, yeah. just as a musician and just to just to you know get out with like-minded type of people because the music industry has um you know interesting people uh was it was yeah. there was there any kind of individuals that stuck out to you during um, during that camp you know some really talented people that stood above everybody else yeah. any, any we met we met loads of kids that were like proper it was just yeah. interesting to see someone from an entirely different culture yeah be so you know these german kids that just love rock and roll and they were just doing their version of it you know and they saw our version of it and you know we you know we were able to they had a, like a music studio there yeah. so we recorded songs like you know for a, that was a big deal for mm. to be able to put our first song out and and this is back when MySpace was a thing yeah. um and we'd not recorded back home or anything like that so we went all the way to Germany to record our first mm. song and uh it, yeah we everybody it, it just it showed us that it was all, well, all the people were good. There was nobody dodgy, basically, yeah. at the end of the day. Um, there, were, there, were, there were personalities that that we met, and I'm sure I've still got a few of them on Facebook yeah. because that's, you know, the world we live in. So, um, yeah. Nice. And so that, and then you mentioned something about America. Go on, tell us all about that. Yeah. So I've, I've been to America twice, sort of teaching guitar. Mm. Uh, but the second time when I went, um, I was set up at this um, this amazing. Um, how old, how, this old amazing... You, how old are you when, when when this is happening? Just for context. Sorry, say that. Uh, again. Yeah, oh, sorry. I was ju- I was just asking how old were you? Uh, oh, sorry. Point? I heard. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I heard you through the month of the <laughs> yeah. when I lost you. Um, I, so this is when I was um, eighteen, nineteen. Okay. Right. At this point, so I've left college. Now I'm um, just started university. This this right. it was the summer that I started university, and then the the first summer after my first year of university, mm. um, went over to America, and we had this amazing sort of um, we called it a rock shop, 
and we'd put on gigs every four weeks where we'd teach these kids how to play instruments from, like, never playing them before. And then by the fourth week, they'd have a band where the drummer, guitarist, singer, Mm. and then all the parents would come and we'd do this massive rock show for them. And we did it all summer, every four weeks. Um, And it was, yeah, it was this amazing setup. And it was was a big catalyst for me thinking, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Because... You know, we had this songbook of like all the pop songs for the kids, and be like, right, what songs do you want to learn? Yeah. And it'd be like these, you know, just a lot of four chord songs. You know, Coldplay and whoever was big at the time, um, like Maroon Five and stuff. And I was, I remember re- teaching the kid a song one day, and I was like, this is four chords. I can write a four chord song. This can't be difficult. Yeah. And I remember I wrote my first ever sort of because I mean, I'd written songs in the past yeah. for the band, but that was always based around guitarists that I thought were cool and stuff but this was more like this was an evolution of me becoming a songwriter and I came up with my own four chord song mm. um and that that was it you know it, it, it I was like oh this is and, and it, it it was like this thing for me because I felt like it was like a spark had been sort of lit in my brain and I was like I'm better at this than a lot of other things mm. so this is what I want to do and because I was doing it so consistently over that summer and getting lots of good feedback and stuff like that, you know, I was writing songs with, you know, with other teenage kids. Um, well, that, that's what I was going to ask. You. How did you realise you were good at it? Like, what what is good at it? Yeah, so it, it helped that. So because of, on my course at university, which was at the same time, I was studying the music industry and I was also studying music production. So we had access to the studios at university in Southampton. And we had like we had a songwriting unit, and one of our lecturers um, had worked. Well, he was a guest lecturer who'd yeah. come in for the songwriting unit, and he worked. Um, he'd written songs for Dido, um, who else? Matt Cardle, um, a few. You know, yeah. I think Peter Andre was one. I know that's not the most rock and roll name in the world, yeah. but I, I, there was a loads of people that he worked with, and he was giving me and like feedback on sort of the stuff that I would bring in. Mm. And it just, I don't know, just hearing someone that had had songs in the charts mm. say that your stuff was good was like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe I'm, because like, I think everybody, when they first pick up a guitar and write a song, you know, they, they think they're in Oasis, like they think they're amazing. Mm. But to hear someone, you know, give me that critique, you'd actually yeah. professionally done it. I was like, oh, wow, maybe I am good at this. And then following on from that, I kept writing more and then all my flatmates at university, we had like a house of like 10 people, but like, I'd be just playing songs while, you know, all the boys are in the room playing FIFA and they'd be like, that's really catchy. That's a really good song. And then it just kept snowballing, <laughs> kept snowballing from yeah. there really. Um, so how do and you, that's when I, yeah. How do you get yourself in a position where you're teaching in America though? So it's basically, I found out from a friend that um, they had had a friend who'd done that. Okay. And they put me in with a company that sent people out and they basically sorted it all out. The, fir- mm. the first time was a bit different. The first time I went out, it was more like I'd worked at a summer camp and I did teach guitar, but I was like doing a lot of other stuff as well. And because I got the experience from that one, my CV had improved. Yeah. 
And I found, I then found out about the second one, which where we did the whole workshop mm-hmm. thing where we were teaching these big group of kids, etc. So the first time it was just going through like a website to work in a summer camp in America. Mm-hmm. And then the second time it was just using my um, experience from the first one um, and being in touch with another place that did it. But it was just more my kind of thing because it was it was it was it was specifically it wasn't just a, it wasn't like a summer camp it was like a, an arts summer camp. The, 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 yeah. Some of these kids that went to this summer camp have like they've gone on to be like in Broadway shows and yeah. all sorts of stuff um, that kind of thing. So um, I think nowadays as well though there's just so many more opportunities out there for people. If you know, looking on the internet and stuff like that, it's one of those where, you know, I'm sure people will be like, oh, I wish that was there when I was a teenager and I was in a band, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And I'm sure it'll be ri- ridiculous as well in 15 years yeah. for other kids that are coming up. I'm sure at school now, if, I mean, in, I remember working at a, a school in Southampton once and I just, you know, doing an after-night school class with these kids and I was teaching them how to record. And they had, like, my setup here with, like, the speakers, workstation, guitar amps. I was like, oh, my God, they've got all this gear. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's kind of the world we live in. If I suppose if they're lucky enough, I'm sure not every school has that. But, yeah. you know, um, I think in a lot of places that are well-funded, that is, that is the case. So... Mm. No, I, I, I like that. And uh, I, I'm just thinking back when I was at school, we just had like a trumpet and uh, we didn't have no recording gear. Definitely not. We didn't have a note like that. It must be not. It must be. It, 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 people say things get worse in time, don't they? But you have to look at things, you have to look at the development in education around music and that kind of stuff and see that it's a lot better now than 10, 15 years ago. That, that's just good to see. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I, I got a bit lost in all these different things I was remembering. <laughs> yeah. but that is the gist of it. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. So then, so Germany, America teaching, and then what was the yeah, next bit? After teaching that? university. Yeah. Um, I got my degree doing music production. Yeah. Um, and then after I graduated, it was like, right, I've got on, I've done all this. I want to go out there and try and meet musicians. Yeah. Um. And it was that that is basically, you know, a, just a big that's like the whole of my because I graduated, I came home when I was 21. Yeah. So that is pretty much the whole of my 20 was, was just trying to find people. Like, here's another thing like with modern technology, yeah. if you want to try and jam with someone, you can go on Facebook, search for groups like Sheffield Musicians, yeah. and you can just find someone to go and have a jam with. Yeah. Whereas, you know, back in the day, it could have been put an advert in the paper kind of thing. Mm. However, what I will say is, it doesn't exactly benefit you too much because I have jammed in basements, bedrooms, mm-hmm. on benches, and I've jammed with like over a hundred people, and I've just never found the right people to be in a band with. Yeah. I've, I've met you, like, you loads of great people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. I remember one time I met a guy on a bench, <laughs> okay. like um, in Chesterfield. Like we both had acoustic guitars. We just yeah. In the middle of the day, yeah. sunshine, and we just yeah. sat on the bench and we'd try to work out songs. I don't know why, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. So it's you know, it's 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 funny because you just you can jam with all these people, but you just have to get really lucky. 
sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's not everybody, you know, bumps into John Lennon or Paul McCartney. So well, you know, you've just well, got to find like minded people. I interview a lot of bands and they, they do they they do they're quite blase about how a band gets together. Just say, Oh, he was just over there, he was just over there, he was just over there. <laughs> it just happens. Uh, but but I I I I know that's not entirely true because it because it can be really difficult it, it it's probably easier for a group of friends that start a band but when you're a solo artist and you're looking for musicians to start a band it's a completely mm. different ball game isn't it because you have to find like-minded people you have to find people that are as passionate about your music as what you know yeah they need to be passionate about your music and and be able to commit so all those different things um and challenges that people have with time and family and all that kind of stuff it it can be a ball like eh? yeah it's it's i've spent years trying to do i mean it was i wasn't even trying to do a solo project to begin with i just wanted yeah. to be the lead guitarist mm. i just wanted to find a singer like i wanted to find the mick jagger to my keith richards mm. and i found loads of great singers and it's, it's there's so many people that i've met that like i've met at one point i've had the perfect bassist now i've got like an amazing guitarist yeah. But then, and there's other times where like, I've been through that many drummers, and uh, if if I could like pick the greatest hits from all the bands yeah. of people that were like at the time, because life gets in the way as well. Oh yeah, I could probably put together a great band, but you know, um, some people people like don't want it. You've got to find people like you said yeah. that are as passionate as you are, and I think a lot of people just want to be in a band because it's a cool thing to do. Yeah. Like for me, it's always been everything I've ever wanted to do when I think other people don't treat it like that. Yeah. So if that's what's led me now to be like, I'm going to do the solo artist thing mm. where I might have to just use a different array of musicians every single time to be able to just put out music that I write, because it would be a case of, you know, plenty of times you wake up in the morning. It's like, you've got a job during all of this. Mm. So you've got your nine to five. It's, or, or even I can remember one job where I'd have to be up at like six in the morning, put my guitar amp in the car because I knew we were supposed to have band practice. Yeah. I'd work all day till like, you know, five or six o'clock and then I was supposed to be going to band practice. And then you get a message on Facebook saying, oh, we're not doing it tonight. Yeah. Can't come. And then it's just like, oh. yeah. driven my guitar, all, uh, sorry, my guitar amp that weighs a ton all over Sheffield all yeah. day. I've been looking forward to this all week and it's not going to happen. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's it's so frustrating but you know i don't want to do the whole woe is me thing everyone's on their own journey and you know that's how you get where you're going to where i am now so 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 after the america thing what happened then did you say university and then yeah so university and america were at the same time Mm. so i came home and as i was explaining just trying to jam with loads of different people from all over chesterfield sheffield um, I think I've probably gone even further at, at some points. Um, and the first band that started to do well, um, we had a band called Oxley, and we played Tramline's Fringe quite a few times. Um, but we just couldn't keep all the band members together. We, we you know, we played all over um, you know, all the Sheffield venues, Green Room, West Street Live, Washington. Um and it just, you know, never worked out. So after that, sort of COVID happened. And that's when I decided, you know, I'll, I'll start doing singing lessons. I did a, a lot of them via Zoom call because nobody could go and see each other. 
Yeah. And during that, I sort of, I've got this bank of songs that I've written mm. over the last, you know, seven or eight years. So I've kind of picked like a greatest hits of a lot of the songs that I've written yeah. and kind of said, right, get Oh, Zoom's gone and, a and see where it's. Sorry, Zoom just went a little bit there. So you you picked up. You you picked a. I it, I lost you a little. Yeah, yeah. A, 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 I can't speak today. I lost you a little bit when you were saying you've picked these songs and then have you created? Go on. Sure, sure. Go on. So what I was saying was during all this time, yeah. I've just written so many songs for all these bands, yeah. and there's quite a lot of good ones. Yeah. So I thought whilst I'm figuring out who I even am as a singer, because singing is an entirely different ballpark to sort of playing guitar. One thing that I've had to learn when I'm playing these gigs is, is just like, cause I, I do play guitar, but it's like, I need to forget about that and focus on the, the singing. So I'm kind of doing the guitar without, without thinking about it now. So I thought I'm going to use these songs that I've written in all these other bands um, that haven't seen the light of day. Obviously I'm not stealing, <laughs> stealing songs because I mean, I, I've, always been the songwriter anyway mm. um and i've sort of picked like a greatest hits because if you were to look through my iphone there's like over two thousand notes there's there's so many songs and i've and i've got my favorites and i've got some that i've tried to be quite um unbiased yeah and use songs that i think oh when i've played that at gigs in the past people i've seen people react to that well there's been gigs where i can see someone singing the lyrics to that song from the other side of the room. It might not be my favourite song, yeah. but I think it's a really well-written one and I think people are attached to it. So I'll give that one a bit of a... I'll let that one see the light of day as well. Mm. So I've sort of taken the greatest hits of them. I started practicing, practicing them in my singing lessons and then I went off and started to do open mics and test them all out and see, find who I was as a singer. Because like I say... It's what I've learned from sort of touring the open mic scene in Sheffield. It was just, it was after a few gigs, I was like, oh, wow, I need to really yeah. stop thinking about guitar and focus. I was, was going to ask <laughs> you about I'm interested in how you, because I know you mentioned earlier that you just wanted to be a guitar player, but yeah, being a singer and a, well, a performer uh, and heading a project is completely different mm. to standing to the side and uh, just jamming away there but how, how what, what was that journey like for you because you said you were you said yourself you weren't the best at the beginning and you've worked you really worked on it to get yeah. forward with it uh just talk us through that journey just in the singing side of thing yeah so what helped was during one of the open mics i saw um someone that i sort and sort of knew from school so um charlotte who plays guitar for me now she she was at school with me and I remember we had the same guitar teacher. So I never never really spoke to each other at school. She was in the year below. Yeah. But we you know, um we we saw and knew a lot of the same people in different circles. And I bumped into her at the picture house in in Sheffield at the open mic. And I was like, Oh, I think I've got you on Facebook. I know you from school. We got talking and I was like, Oh, I'm wanting to sort of maybe practice with me singing someone else playing guitar, would you be interested in it? She's like, yeah, that sounds great. Mm. So what I was able to do was I was able to sort of put my guitar down, let someone else play the melody, etc., And then I would be sort of walking around the room with the mic, 
which I'd never done before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, what do I, it was, it was very Ron Burgundy. Like, what do I do with <laughs> my hands kind of thing? I was just like, like, oh, do I look really, you know, cheesy doing this sort of thing? And yeah. the best way to do it is to just throw yourself in the deep yeah, end. Do it, yeah. And, and just go for it. So open mics are great for that. And I was able to, you know, have a guitarist there and sort of just throw myself into it and just walk around and yeah. see what happened, really. But singing is, you know, it, 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 it's, you know, you've got to learn about breath and yeah. you forget lyrics because you're getting so much into the performance. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's always a work in progress. You know, you can build up these rules in your head for things that you can do on stage that, that help you, but you've, you've got to be thinking about as well, oh, I've got a big note coming up in the song, yeah. so I need to all know, if it's a really big note, it's like on a guitar, you've got, you know, all these, you've got 24 frets. If it's, you know, sometimes when it's a guitar solo, you're like, right, I need to prepare to get really high for this bit. Whereas singing, if it's the highest note of your range at the top, of your sort of scale, you've got sometimes there's one one of my songs. There's a note that I hold that I hold for 18 seconds on the recording. Anyway, I hold for 18 Jesus, seconds. I'd have fainted. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's this big scream. It's like this big release. It's like a crescendo of the song, and I'm like, yeah. And um, I whenever I do it, I, I have to get ready because I tried it for the first few gigs. Yeah just with like sort of me playing guitar and doing it and I could never do it. I didn't know whether it was a confidence thing. I was like, well, I feel I can do it when I practice yeah. every time and I can play the guitar at the same time. But whenever I would do it live, it just wouldn't come out. It would last a few seconds. And I was to the point where I was like, I don't want to do it anymore because it's, it's actually almost looking a bit bad that I can't hold the note. But through persevering and obviously having someone else doing the guitar duties when that moment in the set happens now i'm able to relax myself i know it's coming and then i just give it it all my energy and just hold it for as long as i can what what? you don't know how you don't sorry you don't know how much moving around and how tired you're getting as well because when you're playing guitar you're stuck there and you're playing but when you're moving around and singing you know it's almost like exercising at the same time so you're losing losing your breath and you need your breath to sing yeah well what's the what's the how healthy is the uh, open mic scene in sheffield at the minute <laughs> it is it is i i think i've met a, a lot of really good people um the first gig i played was at the green room mm. and the the host and some of the people that were involved with it were really um i said this is my first gig I'm, you know, I'm quite, I don't, I never, that's another thing. I never got nervous playing guitar because I almost knew that I was, I've been playing it for, since I was 12 and I was really confident. I never got nervous to do that. But when I was singing, it, it, I started to get like the butterflies came back a bit and they've faded quite a lot now. But to do that, um, it was just nice to have someone to, to be there and encourage and, you could kind of tell that they were there to to support because a few of them I messaged on Facebook before I turned up and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, come along. Everybody's welcome. It doesn't matter if you if you think you're rubbish, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. um, and there's there's always – what I would like to say as well is there's always a great story from 
one of these open mics, you meet so many people. Uh, there's just, yeah, there's all, there's always great characters at these at these things. Give, and give us an I example once... of a character. <laughs> Let me try and uh, whittle it down. So, funnily enough, I actually have a gig diary okay. in my phone, and I sort of make notes on sort of what I did at this gig and did that go well, did it not? But I also sometimes um, <laughs> write stories that kind of happen. One of the one of the notes that Perfect. I made was... Let's get, get the book out. Like, I, I'm videoing via the book. Oh, right. Balls. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. From what you can remember then, let, let, let's, let's delve into this. I'm interested in that. Yeah, I was... One thing that I could remember that was kind of reoccurring was was that I, I made a note, stop drinking before you play, stop having a beer. Because, oh, again... I want people's not... names and, and what stories you want to <laughs> Because, yeah, I... Um, because I was singing now, you know, you need to stay hydrated. You can't just, you know, have a few yes. too many before you play, play in a gig. So oh, you can. <laughs> you can. Yeah. You, you can absolutely, but your voice starts to sound go from yeah. sounding like an angel to sounding okay. <laughs> very, very gruff, which can be a blessing. Yeah. Which which can be a blessing. Well, let, let, so, so, so name us some characters then from the Sheffield uh, scene. I'm, trying, I'm going through all the all the venues now because there's there's honestly so many different. Oh, there's so many amazing. Oh, the green room. I'm trying to think of all the different things that have happened at these. Okay, we can let it stew so in the back. Well, let, let's move on to your new tunes, and we'll come back We'll come back to that as, as a finale. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try and think of the back of my head. <laughs> okay, no worries. We'll come back to it, so we'll just tease that for later. Um, yeah, so uh, <laughs> it's big release day coming up tomorrow. So just talk us about talk yeah. us through the new single and everything and what, what people are expecting. And give us a reason to want to stream it and download it and watch the video and all that kind of stuff sure cool so my debut single is called the chase this is basically nine years of me just trying to put together a band and end up doing a solo project i've picked a song that has been what i like to class as the perfect opener for Mm -hmm for a set when I'm playing live. Whenever I've played this song live at any open mic, I've seen people singing the lyrics back to me by the end of the song. Mm. It's uncanny. I have genuinely, like, I'm in double figures now, Mm. and it's a really, really catchy song. It's kind of what I class it as. It's a love child of, I bet you look good on the dance floor by the Arctic Monkeys, and somebody told me by the killers because it's very much an indie disco mm. going out for a drink on a student night out feel of a song. It's very happy. It's very exciting. And it's me sort of retelling sort of stories from nights out when I was, yeah. when I was young at university, sort of, you know, juvenile, misspent youth kind of thing. It's essentially the story of a guy who's trying to flirt with girls, but sort of failing every time. And it's not all from personal experience, but (laughs) the the music we do that comes with the song will explain that as well 
It's it's got guitar solo. It's got a great long guitar nice. solo in. I was really. I remember when I went to record, get the proper recording, and my producer said to me, he "Was like, do you want to leave this guitar solo in?" And I said, "Absolutely. That's literally part of who I am. Like, there's not enough guitar solos anymore. Yeah. It it's part of the song. It, I know it makes it an extra minute long, yeah. but it fits. It's it, you know, there's there's a lot of indie rock anthems I think would be great with a guitar solo in it. So it kind of brings a bit of old school classic rock vibes to it." but it's very much a contemporary mm. indie disco. I think it would be the perfect song on a night out at the lead mill, let's say. Oh, nice, nice. And has any characters come to mind now we know all about the tune and the new music that's coming out? <laughs> oh, my God, you're putting me on the spot. I'm just going <laughs> to re- reel a few venues off the top of my head and see yeah. if anything comes to me. Okay. Green Room, first gig, uh, there was... The guy, there was this guy who was amazing and he was on piano and he was doing free Mercury vocals. Yeah. And it was like, I think he played there every week. And uh, he, he, I remember he was saying, oh, there's any requests? And I was like, oh, Freebird by Leonard Skinner. And he just completely nice. ignored me. It was absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah, and he cracked on and he did, did, did an amazing song. There's, oh, there's I, I don't want to. I'm going to have to disappoint you, but there's it's, what I would okay. suggest. What, what I'm, what, what I'm going to say is, yeah, go on. genuinely, because oh, this is where it all starts. Just go out to an open mic, yeah. even if you're not wanting to perform, yeah. because you'll just see so many different people doing all these their own sort of amazing things. You see people who genuinely can't sing, yeah. but everybody's there to encourage each other, so it's a really great environment. Yeah. And it's it's, it's 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 a lovely communal thing. So what I would say is go to an open mic in Sheffield yeah. and just get 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 involved. Just have a go and get music. involved. Oh, you, don't, you don't even have to want to perform music, but yeah. it, everybody helps each other. So, yeah. Yeah, but it, well, uh, well said, mate. I'd, I'd, I'd echo that as well. You know, if you've got anything in, in your life and you just it, it's itching you and you... You, you just haven't got round to it yet. Just t- get yourself out of your comfort zone and just have a go because yeah. who knows, good things can happen from getting yourself out of the comfort zone, I think. Yeah, definitely. Throw yourself in the deep end. Well, Sam, BK, the, the tunes are out on RGM tomorrow. Um, within the link of this podcast uh, in the description, if you're watching us or if you've got the audio version, um, you'll see a description and a link straight to Sam BK's work. Uh, is there anything you just want to leave us with today, mate? I've enjoyed getting to know you and um, excited for your release. Yeah, what I would just say is uh, if you do fancy listening to the song, thank you very yeah, much. Nice. Definitely check out the music video. It's mm. It was a huge communal effort. I got in touch with lots of yeah. local theatre groups so lots of contributions from people who gave me their time uh, and their their work by doing an amazing job we had we had a uh, working men's club luckily one of my best friends his granddad owns one so we had the whole location to shoot from and there's we had we had people rate aged ranged from 18 to in their 80s there was just so so many people turned up just by putting an advert on facebook it was amazing so there's lots of funny different characters in this working men's club from like i say from all walks of life and it's it's a very funny uh video i've got the same ethos as um i think dave Grohl sort of said you know when they did music videos it's kind of like almost like a 
an advert for the band and it can be jokey and funny so we might as well yeah. you know have a laugh Fair while enough. we're doing it so i quite like to, to put jokes in there and act like a bit of a prat so yeah see what you make of it yeah nice well well uh, you're working hard mate uh, you're out there in the world just getting on with things that's what we like to see you and support you here at rgm um so yeah sam bk thanks for joining us mate nice one Nice one. Cheers, mate. Thank you. You're welcome, mate. You're welcome. So, ladies and gentlemen, here we are at the podcast. Another little chat, another introduction to maybe a new artist for you. If you do want to delve into their archives, as I mentioned, there'll be a link in the description of this podcast where it takes you straight to Sam BK's work. Uh, There is also an opportunity for you to delve into our archives, ladies and gentlemen. I always bang on about this, but it's for good reason. We've done over 100 episodes of this podcast now, ladies and gentlemen. And deep in the archives of the podcast is loads of interesting conversations with people within the music industry that are just sharing their stories. So thanks for Sam BK for joining us this week. Um, I've been Carl Maloney. It's been another episode of the podcast. You can watch the video, just a little gentle reminder. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel and watch this video and I'll see our faces speak to each other as well if you're on the audio version. Click on the link, of course, to Sam BK's new tunes. Check him out. And uh, we will see you again for another week of live music, ladies and gentlemen. Nice one. So, as always, toodaloo. Welcome to RGM. Are you in a band? Come and join us. Simply click on the RGM submission page, submit your music, and we'll sort the rest. Hello. Did you know that you can support our podcast in many ways? Within the description of this podcast, you will see a list of all the equipment that we use. These are Amazon affiliate links. Clicking on these links take you to Amazon. If you buy whatever you're planning that week, we get a small kickback and you get a parcel at no extra cost. We would really appreciate your support. Or you can just go old school and donate a pound or whatever you feel is appropriate in there. Please subscribe and tell a friend about our show. And thank you for your support and we'll see you next week.